Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 1 called How Blessed. Now, we have done several studies in the Psalms which are on our website and available on our app. All you got to do is look for the logo that says Psalms, and we're going to work on a, something that's an overarching theme called Medicine for the Souls. And I'm going to be picking out selected Psalms as we move on. I believe that this is something we need. We've been hearing a lot of hard truth. We go through a lot of tough stuff. We just finished the book of Ezra, right? And... Uh, you guys love truth. You come here hungry. But I just had a sense that you might need some medicine. Anybody out there you need a little bit of medicine? I mean, it's tough, crazy times out there. I, I know a lot of people are scared and uptight and wondering what's next. And there's anxiousness. And, and so I wanted to give you this blessed opening psalm tonight. Opening with Psalm 1-1. How blessed is the man. The Hebrew word could just mean the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Now, some have said that if you read the opening of any book of the Bible, you're going to get kind of a trajectory of that book. Like the opening chapter of Proverbs will tell you what Proverbs are, what they represent, how they're defined. Psalm chapter 1 it's been said, gives you a trajectory for the overall flavor of the Psalms. It tells you that if you stay in the book of Psalms, and for that matter, of course, your whole Bible, you will be a blessed person. You will be blessed because you'll be walking not in the counsel of the wicked. You won't be following their counsel, their path. You'll be following the counsel of God. The word blessed in Hebrew is ashar. If you want it, it's a S-H-A-R, ashar. The word blessed means happiness, blessedness. Vines defines this word ashar as a state of prosperity, as when a superior bestows favor upon you. The Hebrew word picture literally means fire on the head. Let me explain. When you hear me say Hebrew word pictures, when Moses originally wrote Hebrew, and remember we're moving from left so we're moving from right to left, not left to right. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, they were, it was written originally in pictures. So you know how Chinese is written in symbols? Well, that's kind of the idea. So oftentimes when you look at a word picture in Hebrew, you'll just have a couple of symbols that will give you the word. And this word originally, as written by Moses, showed fire on somebody's head. That's what I'm talking about when I say fire on the head in the original picture. Now, where in the Bible do we see fire on people's heads? In Acts chapter 2. And what's happening there? The Holy Spirit is coming upon God's people and endowing them with power. And Jesus said, wait until the Spirit comes and you are endowed with power from on high. So fire on the head speaks of God's presence. Now, it could take, be taken other ways. Uh, for example, 
we're told in the book of Romans that uh, if you pay your enemy back with kindness instead of, uh, you know, anger or wrath, you'll, it's like burning coals upon his head. So fire on the head could be seen different ways, but here fire on the head, we'll take it as a positive, representing the presence and the power of God, amen? This is what it means to be blessed. It's not just that things worked out for you. Because sometimes we hear people get interviewed and they say, I'm blessed, I'm so blessed. And we know what they mean, but they may not know the Lord. The Lord is the one who gives the blessing. He imparts the power. He, it's his presence that blesses me. So fire in the head can symbolize both the presence of God and this writer says it can also have the idea of facing uncomfortable realities of life with God's presence there. This is James 1.12. Just write it down for your notes. James 1.12. Maybe if you write in your Bible, just write it right next to verse 1. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, James 1.12, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. This is the idea of adversity. So blessing is not always everything is going great and I'm sensing the power of God as I tiptoe through the tulips and watch the rainbows and the birds flying and, and, and hear the, the, the beautiful songs. No, it, it also can be, blessing can also come as you persevere under the heat of trials. Everybody with me? Back to the word picture, fire on the head or ashar. How blessed is the man or the woman, the person. And it starts with a negative here. It gives you a key to how to experience blessing. The blessed person does not, starting with a negative, they don't walk in the council. Now, if you've been around the Bible for a while, the word walk is just a synonym for living or it, it pictures a consistent stride. So whenever you see walk, just think of how you live, how you walk out your life, okay? So the blessed person does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. That's what she, he does not do. Now there's all kinds of counsel out there. We have people who are paid counselors. We, you know, we have the idea of we can counsel somebody. But if you want to stay on God's path, you need to let God's word be your counselor. And God's spirit uses God's word to counsel your path. So don't listen to the counsel of the wicked, those who don't know God. Don't stand in their path. Don't sit in their seat. Scholars have pointed out that there's a progression here of comfort. First you walk, you start listening to some counsel, then all of a sudden you're standing in their path and then you're sitting among them. Almost like Peter sitting at the firelight, you know, warming himself at the enemy's fire. See, sin can be progressive. Usually most people don't fall in an instant. They fall little by little. Amen? You could say amen to hard teaching as well because it just means I agree with that. It's true. Falling usually is not just you woke up and you fell on your feet, although some of you <laughs> can relate to that. But anyway, it's a different story. But it's usually progressive. It's little compromises that then cause big falls. 
So if you're getting counsel from someone who's a non-Christian and wicked, and I'm sorry to put it this way, but this is how the Bible paints it. This is someone who doesn't know God and could even be anti-God. You're getting counsel from them. You start standing in the path of those who are in rebellion to God, and now you sit down with the scoffers, well, you're in trouble. That's the opposite of blessedness. You're not going to be blessed. You could call verse 1 blessed avoidance. The Bible's given you a formula of how to avoid missing out on blessing. Or the opposite of blessing in the Bible's vernacular is what? Cursing. You don't want to be under a curse. You don't want to be under the wrath of God. You don't want to be under the judgment of God. You want to be blessed. And so this is blessed avoidance, starting with a negative. Don't listen to the counsel of those who don't know God. Or to put it another way, the wisdom of the world. The world has its wisdom. It's always touting it to us. But this is a blessed way to avoid that, to avoid problems and even disastrous consequences. How many of you could step back for a second and say, I had a season of my life where I got poor counsel I followed it, and the consequences were very disastrous. I tell you, that's me. I had a season of my life. I grew up around the things of God. My family got away from the things of God. I was feeling tugged back. But in that, in that time of probably about a good 10 years, I made some significant mistakes that I will tell you I regret to this day. And I can't undo them. Now, I know I'm forgiven, and I'm resting in the finished work of Christ, but I got bad counsel, and I'm not even going to blame the counselors because I'm the one that acted upon the counsel. But looking back on it, had I known more about the wisdom of God and what he says about life, I, I think I would have made a different decision or decisions because it's not just one. But unfortunately, I listened to the counsel of the world and and to be honest, it's really all I knew. I mean, how many of you, you start opening up the Bible and you're like, man, there's stuff in here that I'm making discoveries about wisdom and, and how to navigate life. Every time I open this book, there's things in here that I didn't realize, I didn't know. And there's some things we're simply just ignorant and God knows that. And God is a God of grace and mercy, thank God. But looking back, looking back I sure wish I wouldn't have been in the path of sinners. In fact, some of you might confess, sometimes I sat in the seat of a scoffer. What's a scoffer, you say? It's a mocker. Peter says in 2 Peter 3, know this, that in the last days, mockers or scoffers will come with their mocking. Have you watched it? There are people in our society right now that if you bring up the Bible or prayer or the Word of God as a solution for this culture, look out, you better duck. Because they'll mock you with everything that they got. They'll marginalize you. This is what scoffers do. Notice the progression. First you hear the counsel. You know, then you're kind of hanging out in the path, kind of walking with it and, and going with it and standing with it. And eventually you've settled into a seat of a scoffer. There are very public uh, right now stories out there where one-time Christian leaders have now uh, apostatized. They've left the faith. They say they're no longer Christians. 
And some of those people actually mock the faith. What a terrible place to be in where you once sung for the Lord, preached for the Lord, and now you're in a chair of mockery. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, ladies. You're invited to a women's Christmas feast this Saturday evening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. The feast, Simply Christmas, will be a time of fellowship and dining while celebrating Jesus, who came at just the right time. Come and enjoy music, food, and conversation outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in a Christmas twinkle-lit tent. Simply Christmas will be from 5 to 8 p.m. this Saturday, December 12th. Don't worry, gals. The tent will have heaters. The event is $20 per person. Please register now on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app or call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. That's 844-48-TRUTH. See you there. I'm Rob Newton, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. I've been working with this ministry for nearly three years. I have to tell you, I'm so blessed the Lord has connected me with Pastor Michael and the entire staff at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I've worked with quite a few ministries, and I'm going to be honest with you, I could be skeptical. Well, if I'm really honest, judgmental right off the bat because of my past experiences working with other ministries. I'd think, okay, they seem kind and loving. Let's see how long this lasts. Anyway, the point I'm making is that Pastor Michael and the entire staff, and I mean the entire staff, are wonderful people. Did you know before we end a staff meeting with prayer, we end it with making a list of people who need or are asking for prayer and pray for them too. I can go on and on about the staff, but time's ticking away. If you've been listening for some time, I want to let you know from my experience, Pastor Michael is a good man. He cares about the mission the Lord has placed before him. He loves his church, and he loves you. Why else would he speak the truth even when you don't want to hear it? This podcast exists because of him and the Lord's gift to him. We would love to expand this ministry to be on more radio stations, and we need your help to do it. Before we can add a radio station, we need our largest radio station airtime bill to be completely funded by listeners like you. That price per year is $44,500 a year. Now let's get transparent. Walk in Truth has been on the air since 2012, thanks to our church. Last year, 16 listeners outside our church collectively gave nearly $1,500. We were so grateful and excited to see growth. I mean, really excited. This year, in all its uncertainty, has surprised us and given us so much hope. So far, 191 listeners have collectively given nearly $11,000. It's amazing, right? We would love your help and support to raise the remaining $33,500. Monthly partnership is what we need. Can you commit to giving at least $1 a month? We have a lot of podcast listeners, and if even half commit between $1 and $5, we will make our goal. If everyone thinks, well, others will give that $1 a month, I don't need to then most won't give. Your monthly partnership is needed. If you're a new listener, please only help by praying for our ministry and its mission to equip people with God's truth. But if you've listened for some time and you're starting to see Walk in Truth as I do, please commit to giving $1 to $5 a month. Or if you're already a monthly partner, upping your gift by $5. Please visit walkintruth.com today to give your tax-deductible donation. That's walkintruth.com. And thank you. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. There's some things we're simply just ignorant, and God knows that. And God is a God of grace and mercy, thank God. But looking back, looking back I sure wish I wouldn't have been in the path of sinners, in fact, some of you might confess, sometimes I sat in the seat of a scoffer. 
What's a scoffer, you say? It's a mocker. Peter says in 2 Peter 3, know this, that in the last days, mockers or scoffers will come with their mocking. Have you watched it? There are people in our society right now that if you bring up the Bible or prayer or the Word of God as a solution for this culture, look out, you better duck. Because they'll mock you with everything that they got. They'll marginalize you. This is what scoffers do. Notice the progression. First you hear the counsel. You know, then you're kind of hanging out in the path, kind of walking with it and, and going with it and standing with it. And eventually you've settled into a seat of a scoffer. There are very public uh, right now stories out there where one-time Christian leaders have now uh, apostatized. They've left the faith. They say they're no longer Christians. And some of those people actually mock the faith. What a terrible place to be in where you once sung for the Lord, preached for the Lord, and now you're in a chair of mockery. The Lord's going to deal severely with mockers. Job said of his friends in the book of Job, my friends are scoffers. My eye weeps to God. Job 16, 20 and 21. Oh, that a man might plead with God as a man with his neighbor. Job felt mocked. Jesus was mocked on the cross. Proverbs 4 says, Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not proceed in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Don't pass by it. Turn away from it and pass on. Tell you what, turn over there. It's just the next, next book to your right. Psalms, then Proverbs 4. So much good content that kind of fits with verse 1 here. So I do want you to just take a peek at it. 414 Proverbs. Wisdom from a father to a son about how to avoid disaster. Verse 16, speaking of these, the wicked. It says, Proverbs 4, 16, they cannot sleep unless they do evil. They are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble. They eat the bread, 417, of wickedness, drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Contrast with the wicked there. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And then flip over to Proverbs 9. We've been talking about mockers or scoffers. Don't sit in their seat. Don't do what they do. Proverbs 9.6 says, Forsake folly and live. Proceed in the way of understanding. Get counsel from God. He who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor for himself, and he who reproves a wicked man gets insults for himself. Do not reprove a scoffer lest he hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will still be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in his learning. And then the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The, the writer of Proverbs often then moves into the idea of sexual sin. He says, by me your days will be multiplied. That is, if you embrace fear of the Lord and wisdom, years of life will be added to you. 
If you are wise, 12, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman of folly is boisterous. She is naive and knows nothing. She sits at the doorway of her house on a seat by the high places of the city, calling to those who pass by who are making their paths straight. She, she bids to them, calls to them, back to Psalm 1. And so this wisdom will help you see through that. It will help you settle into a seat of understanding instead of being naive and going the way of destruction. This person who is blessed, verse 2, Psalm 1, makes their delight instead of the counsel of the scoffer or the wicked, their delight is in what? The law, Psalm 1, 2, the law of the Lord. Psalm 1, 2 says, by contrast, the blessed person's delight, Hebrew word, chepso, what they value, what they see as beautiful, what they would might describe, and I want to put this in your vocabulary, as moral beauty. How about that? You ever considered the idea of moral beauty? You know what moral beauty is? It's being faithful to your spouse. Moral beauty is excellence. It's purity. It's sacredness. Some words that I think we need to put back in our culture even at wedding ceremonies. And everything in the culture is beating at that purity and trying to woo us away from it. We know the struggle. But how about the idea that you would delight yourself so much in the law of the Lord that you would value moral beauty? You see, your delight when it's in the law of the Lord, it means that you'll meditate, Hebrew word haga, you'll ponder, you'll muse on that law day and night. It will be your focus. It will be your delight, is the idea of the beginning of verse 2. It will be something that you're favorable towards. It will be beautiful and valuable. In contrast to sitting and walking in the things of the wicked, you'll sit and walk and stand in the things of God. Amen? How many of you have become so hungry for the Word of God? You can't get enough. I'll tell you what. The more you get into the word of God, the more it gets into you and the more it produces the beauty that you read about. It becomes part of you. It begins to produce a beauty that becomes the moral likeness of Christ, the author of the word. Everybody with me? See, the Psalms point you to him and make you more like him. And this idea of meditating means that you can slow down, downshift, ponder a little bit. Turn off your devices and just think. Think about delighting in the things of God. Day and night speaks of continuance. It doesn't mean if you miss a night that you're, God's mad at you. Day and night is used of the cosmos that display the glory of God day after day and night after night. Paul said to many churches, I pray for you day and night. Jesus talked about people in the last days who will be crying out for deliverance night and day or day and night. It's the idea of continuance. It's not some rigid, it's six o'clock and I got to do my Bible study or God's mad at me. No, it's a continual. You're just hungry for it. It's your delight. You've been listening to How Blessed, part two on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 1. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on the Living Truth app 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Just so you know, we're trying to make Walk in Truth 100% listener supported. And we want to say thanks so much to all our financial partners and praying partners for Walk in Truth. On that note, I'd like to take a moment to thank some of our new donors. So thank you, Abraham from Stanton, for your generous gift. Thank you, John from Albuquerque, Fabio from San Pedro, and Lynn from Glendale. Thank you all so much. If you've made Walk in Truth part of your regular listening, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner? Our annual expenditures for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, operations, and much more reach over $150,000. Our fiscal year starts in April, and so far, thanks to listeners like you, we've now raised nearly $25,000. The rest of the bills are paid by our church. Now, we're so grateful because we've seen tremendous growth in listener partnership since we started this ministry. Every step closer to being fully supported by our listeners makes it possible for this ministry to expand to more radio stations to reach more people. So thank you so much, Abraham from Stanton, California, for your gift of $318. Would you please be like Abraham and consider giving a one-time donation of $200 or become a monthly partner giving at least $10? Your tax-deductible donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. So please pray and consider partnering with Pastor Michael and Walk in Truth. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 1, called How Blessed. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.